Two Guys, One Shaker Cup podcast, hosted by Joshua Shaw and Ryan yeah, Buckeye. Josh, um, when you were in college, if you remember college, I don't know how many brain cells that you wrecked back in your day. And I'm talking about your undergrad, not your, not your bougie-ass MBA program that you took. Yeah. Did you play video games? I did not. No, I was actually probably pretty weird um, because I stopped playing video games. Wait, 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 hang on. Probably pretty weird? Come on, Josh. Yeah, I mean, I, I was definitely weird. Um, <laughs> I wear that like a badge of honor. I'm yeah. fine with being weird. Um, but I was not a video game player. I mean, I, there was a – I think that around that time, looking back, this is going to date us, but I think uh, Wii came out, the Nintendo Wii. Mm-hmm. And we had um, – the guys I lived with, we had one of those. And we liked that. Um, but like playing a lot of like the Xbox or the uh, PlayStation today – I, I'm terrible at it. For whatever reason, there's so many buttons and joysticks and, and things going on. I'm like, can we just get back to like the basic Nintendo controller that had like A, B and a, and a directional pad? <sighs> yeah. I mean, you want regular Nintendo back, the ones we had to blow on the cartridges and yes. tap on the top of the box. And I, yes. I still don't know how Duck Hunt worked back in 1990. Nope. How did that, that, that contraption work? Uh, I gamed a bit. I mean, but I did more of like Madden. Um, I did a little bit of like Rainbow Six stuff, and I was never around during these Call of Duty games. But we had previously done an episode maybe a year ago, and you had said that you believe esports will become an Olympic Olympic sport or an Olympic category. Um, and I don't remember if you put a year on it or not, like within the next 10 years, maybe 20 years, I think is maybe what you said, 20 years. Um, do you still believe that to be true? Yeah, no, I think it's going to be that way. I think, and I've mentioned a few times that like the traditional sense of, of esports of like, uh, you know, kids sitting at a computer terminal or like a gaming unit with a joystick or whatever is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the combination of both like VR or, or AR and, the actual gameplay of, of just uh, an athlete of some sort. So I think it's you're going to move into that kind of hybrid world where it's going to need athleticism, but also like the understanding of gameplay and all that stuff like that. So it's not necessarily what most people are thinking about. But I still think I was saying even closest to like 2028, 20, um, but that's probably still too close. It's probably more towards the 30s or something like that. But I guess we'll see. It just it becomes more and more popular. A year like this, it became extremely popular. A lot of people are gaming um, in so many different ways. I think the last numbers I saw, three out of four people in the world game in some way. So that could be like something easy on your phone or you know, it could be whatever. But just gaming as a whole has become just a very normal thing. So for us to think it can't have these like high end athletics and, and things attached to it. It's kind of crazy to think about because so many people are, are already involved in that like day to day behavior that it's not, it's not what it used to be. It's not that, you know, that, um, nerdy kid in his basement, his mom's basement until he's 30 playing video games down there. I think it's evolved since then, or, or at least you hope. Yeah. And I think it's important. Like if you talk to gaming, um, you, you mentioned the word mobile and I think mobile gaming is, is, um, by far the most popular. So whether it's on your phone or whatever it might be, then you have PCs and you have consoles. So if you look at, you know, just to set the background here, if you look at some of the stats within gaming, I mean, I, I think I read like 2.5 billion people will be mobile gaming this year. I mean, there's what, 7 billion people on the planet? Yeah. So just under half, like, I mean, we're at 30-some percent. Like, so one of every three people, I think you just mentioned something like this, right? Like are, are picking up their phone and doing something. Then you have... You know, you have your PC gamers, which is where a lot of the money comes in. Like, the, the, a lot of these eSport leagues where there's a ton of money and consoles. Like, I, I, I just looked up while we were, we were chatting um, in terms of, like, what is – like, what games do people play? And there's a game called Counter-Strike Global Offensive, which has been out since 
I don't know, a long, like 2012. Like it's been out forever, but I think they have different iterations of it. It's like $100 million in prize money like throughout <laughs> the year in, in tournaments. Like $100 million, 13,000 professional players. Like it's that's big. 13,000 professional yeah. players on that. Another one people might be familiar with is League of Legends. I didn't know what this was until Garrett told me what it was, but that's got – you know, eighty thousand dollars in prize money, seven thousand professional players, and in Fortnite, which I remember when I was like twenty, twenty three, twenty four, um, which was like ten years ago. Um, you know, was or no, it wasn't. I guess it came out in two thousand seventeen. I thought it was way later, earlier. That's like a hundred million dollars too. So I mean, like the prize uh-huh. money in this space is, is crazy. And I think we saw this year more than any year before the impact that esports is having within our sports nutrition market. And you know, I don't know how when G Fuel was released, but I mean. I know Mountain Dew had their play, and they tried to get in on gaming. But, but I feel like like when I was a kid playing games in my basement, I was drinking a, like a, a, a carton or a case of Mountain Dew like easily a week, if not in like three days, because I wanted to stay awake and play the game all night. This was before online play. Yeah. I've, I stopped gaming when online play kind of became a thing. I mean, I remember doing like Grand Theft Auto, and all of a sudden I remember when they said Grand Theft Auto was going to be online, I was like, that's going to be a shit show. Like people are going to be like – Rude to people. I mean, I'm rude to people in the same room as me. Now, imagine putting a headset on and talking to some 12-year-old kid in God knows where. I mean, I am going to tell that 12-year-old kid that I'm going to do things to his mother because I can do that. And it's just an environment that I obviously didn't have time for anymore as I grew my own personal and professional life. But it, I can't even – I don't know what I do. If I put a headset on today, I, I don't know what type of people I'm speaking to. I don't know how – if they're real, if they're fake. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what information they have access to. Um, do they, do they, can they see me naked, Josh? They probably could if they have access to your webcams. And I'm stuff sure like they that. have it. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I, that's, I don't, I don't even know how I would even be involved in that world. I feel like I'd be thinking all of those things, like you just said. I mean, like, I don't know how advanced these people are in terms of those things. So I'm like, man, I'm, I'm so much of a noob that I would, I would be like not doing very well in that. And, and to your point, I would probably be getting some of my like stress relief out and like yelling at people Mm -hmm. on the headset, which would be terrible because I don't know who these people are. They could come and like do some crazy stuff to me. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but yeah, I mean, to your point, like just all these different um, leagues or just like games or a lot of them come from the game developers. So, you know, be that like uh, EA or Activision Blizzard or Epic Games or, you know, these other ones that have, their games and then they make kind of um, professional leagues around there or just like tournaments. Um, and then even just a lot of the sports leagues now have like the um, version of that, um, even like the Pro Bowl this year, they're having a Madden Pro Bowl. Uh, each team has one player, NFL team has one player that goes and competes for the Pro Bowl, NFL, the Madden like challenge or or something like that and then even in the nba they have um each team i don't know if it's all the teams but most teams have a esports team like that they also have so it's like it's owned by the the uh nba team owner plus there's some other people that are also involved in it but they have their own kind of so it's like you're seeing it across all different types of games so not just like the fantasy games or like these uh shooter first person shooters or sports it's like it's all over the place now that it's at the point where a lot of like kids now are looking at this as like a, a possible way that they can make a living. Um, and not only that is that I guess parents now maybe look at it a little bit differently than our parents. I know like my parents never really said too much shit about like, Oh, are you playing too many games? But I also know they weren't really like 
pumped up that I'd be playing a bunch. They wanted me to go outside and, and do whatever. But now I think parents are a little bit more understanding that this is honestly could be a profession for these kids is they're streaming they're, they're they are personal brands at a young age they're actually like getting sponsorships they're getting um, ad dollars they're getting a bunch of things that in our age range we never had even had access to that stuff that wasn't even like a thing they, that was like i remember watching something on netflix recently there was like these tournaments that you could enter at the malls like with nintendo or something like that and like the prize was like they would send you to the Orlando for Disney world or something like that was the biggest prizes of the things that we could get back then. But now it's like these people are getting hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars when they're winning these tournaments. Twitch has like changed that for a lot of people, right? Cause you can make revenue based on your subscribers. And I, I admittedly, I don't know, even know how to get on Twitch. I mean, obviously there's an app or something, right? I mean, I sound like a fucking old yeah. man right now, but like, um, it, you mentioned that some people are doing this as a profession. I mean, the number one streamer in the world makes 15 to $20 million a year. Let that sink yeah. in people, 15 to $20 million a year playing video games. Now I know some people are like, that's crazy. Like playing video games it's actually taxing. I think if anybody's ever played a video game for a long time, um, it's tiring. It's hard on your eyes. Like you have to be full on, like in, like mentally in. So if you're going to make 15 to $20 million a year, like you have to be in and you have to be in a lot. So not that like, it's all fun and games. I'm sure it's stressful. I'm sure it's difficult. And people are probably like, what the fuck are you talking about, Ryan? How is it difficult? Like yeah. I, 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 I just remember some of the late nights that I've done gaming um, and you have all sorts of different emotions going through you. And this is me as a young kid playing like Madden football. Now, I can't imagine if I'm playing competitively for money. I mean, you – but, yeah, there's, there's a, a ton of different gamers um, that are making a living just, just doing this. And they're making a living through Twitch revenue, through sponsorship revenue. I mean, think of brands in our space now, Ghost, XP Sports, Redcon, all these brands that dropped gaming supplements over the last six months that are going to look to align themselves with some of the biggest streamers in the world and then pay them in not only product but in, in affiliate income and, and monthly contracts. I mean, it's feasible – to be a 16-year-old kid, to go up to your parents now and say, I'm going to be a professional gamer and I'm going to make a living doing it. And if anything, you know, the, the gaming market in 2020 is, is worth about 159 almost $160 billion. They, they said that's up almost 10% from last year, right? So that obviously is during a pandemic, but I think now with the release of like a PS5 and a new Xbox console and PCs are getting faster, I think I read something like by 2023, it's going to be close to a $200 billion market. It's a lot of money for playing video games. Yeah. And there's so many different parts of like that market. Obviously there's the consoles, there's the games, there's, you know, the tournaments, there's all these different things. But I know even we're talking about just like the, the teams, um, you know, you have a few of the teams that are now worth, I think three to $400 million, like in terms of evaluation. And they're actually getting in raising capital. Like, um, a few of them raised capital from like extremely prominent people, you know, like the, like usually there are um, celebrities or they are big name investors or, or things like that. They are looking at this space and saying, this is the next NBA. This is the next, um, you know, NFL or whatever that is. And, and I even made a post, I think on Twitter a couple months ago around like, how long will it take for some of these uh, esports teams or organizations to jump um, the biggest NBA team or the smallest NBA team or, or any of those things. And it's probably not that far out because these valuations they're getting now are crazy. And the amount of brand pool that they have and just like the, the personalities, like 
think about it, one like FaZe Clan, um, they have huge amounts of pool where like they drop merchandise or they drop these things and like within seconds, they're selling millions of dollars and it sells out. And it's just like these people are watching their streams, they're on YouTube, they're on Twitch, they're on whatever the other kind of gaming um, organizations now, I think there's Microsoft maybe has one, Facebook has one, it kind of everybody's jumping into this space, but they're able to then have tons of just eyeballs on them. And then obviously these big major companies are looking at them and saying, hey, how can we get attached to this? Because these are like bonafide celebrities in their own like niche. And that niche is growing each day, becoming more mainstream that, you know, you're trying to get these people attached to your brand quicker. And even in our space, this is kind of like way trickled down, but like you mentioned, they're going to need to start to look at those things. I know like G Fuel has probably done the most amount of strategic partnerships in the mm. space because they've been around for, I think maybe it's 2012, somewhere around that time when they changed over from a sports nutrition brand to worrying about esports and gamers. And a lot of those deals they've made with very large prominent people um, or you know, um, you know different, I guess, game IP or, or whatever it is, because I think they have something with Sonic, they have a couple other ones, uh, Crash Bandicoot or things like that. But they have these things and like, they've done a really good job at attaching themselves to those things. I think right. that was kind of the first wave. And then now you're seeing a lot of the brands then take what they're doing and then try to iterate off of that and maybe do things a little bit differently. And you have a, a few other brands that have done, you know, some good things. We're going to probably mention a few of them. And, and, but there is a flip side again to that is like, you could be doing it the wrong way. Um, which I'm sure we'll talk about that as well. Yeah. I, I agreed. And like, whether it's sponsoring these, athletes coming out with with supplements that target them i mean it's it'll be interesting because i think a lot of the like in our space some of these dietary supplements or some of these powdered formulas that brands are coming out with at least the higher end ones they're trying to educate these streamers on things like eye health and anti-fatigue and things of that nature versus you know are they gonna are gamers willing to spend on these products and i think you know i don't know what, what does g fuel go for it's pretty yeah, I think they, they're constantly kind of running like the two for something. So like, I think they're probably on the lower end of that where you can get something for, you know, 25 bucks a, a unit. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's, that, that'll be the thing of like, okay, are gamers willing to do this? And if so, like how much are they willing to spend? And I think if they're, the income potential is there, that, that changes everything for some of these gamers too. But, um, I think this year more than anything, it really did like, it was sort of a domino effect, right? In our space, it's, you know, people looked at G Fuel and said, okay, there's enough to go around this industry is big enough that we all can have a slice of it ghost redcon um muscle tech with their xp sports now you have like a you know john foss over at Myoblox, i think coming out with his own special uh, i can't remember what it's called but i mean every now wants a piece of the pie but i think josh you made a good point where it was on this podcast or recent podcast it's like trying to get into a space in which you know nothing about right like um i, I don't know how much merit Redcon has in the space maybe a lot with Call of Duty. It kind of aligns like the, the video game Call of Duty kind of aligns with Redcon. Um, but you know, for instance, like Muscle Tech, they they didn't release that under their Muscle Tech line because that probably didn't make sense. So they created a secondary line called XP Sports, which that became the line of gaming. But you know, a company like Ghost is they are gamers. They play FIFA. They have a, a big screen TV in the corporate headquarters in Chicago, and they game all the time. But I think what you're going to see is, to your, you know, to, to your point earlier, is, like, you're going to see a lot of these brands just want to be in that space because, like, there's money there, but they, they don't have any reason to be, like, outside of trying to gain a buck, they don't know anything about it. Yeah, it's the idea of being, you know, on trend is cool, but you have to be also on brand for it to make sense. If, it's, if you're not on brand, then you're really just, 
um, going to be outed eventually, especially in that space where it's all about community, all about authenticity, all about being part of that. Mm -hmm. And to your point around the ghost situation is like, yeah, they were already playing video games, but now they've been able to just even go further in that and obviously put a lot more gasoline towards that and have team members that only focus on that and all the companies always kind of involved in that. And they're, and they're constantly, you know, as owners on there. And I think that's something that G Fuel has done extremely well. I know they had a, um, if it's a apartment or a house or something that was like set up only for gaming setups, mm -hmm. like where then they would stream, the owner would come in and stream and they'd have like a lot of that type of content that was constantly flowing in there. And they, they've been able to do that probably as authentic as, as anybody else. And then, you know, kind of ghosts coming in there and then everything else, like, unfortunately, just because you have a repackaged product or a great product or whatever is, is I don't think really hits the mark right. for these consumers. They want to know that you're part of the community. They want to support a lot of this. I know that um, there was a, a deck from the TwitchCon, which is like Amazon put out and they had a bunch of stats around just how connected the gaming community was to buying like, like the uh, like brands that were also part of the community. And it was like really strong connection. I think it was like 70 or 80% said they would only buy if it was like something um, connected to the community. So they want to know that you're part of it because I think there is a ton of just hatred or just people have always looked down on gaming as a whole. And especially some of these like first generation ones that are now probably our age or whatever, they had to go through a lot of shit to like build out this world of right. like legitimacy. So like you think about your parents hated, your friends probably looked at you weird, like all this kind of stuff. So then now all of a sudden you have these companies coming in that have nothing to do with anything. Now they're just trying to cash their, your, the chips that you've spent so much time trying to build up. And you probably don't really enjoy that very much. And I think that that is something that somebody needs to really kind of pay attention to if you are going to jump into this. Could you make a little bit of cash by doing it? Yeah. Um, but are you going to have any long-term sustainability in that space if you don't go steps further or you have a shit ton of budget to be able to do that? No. I mean, there's, you mentioned um, Mountain Dew. Yeah. Mountain Dew is probably, in terms of a big brand, they're probably one of the strongest brand affinities in that space outside of maybe Red Bull. Um, and they have always been connected with gamers um, since the beginning of time. That was always like the you know, shoes of fuel, I guess, is, is what you would do. And now they, I think because of some of the moves they made with um, Rockstar, like PepsiCo owning some of those things, now they've reverted the, the Mountain Dew energy brands into gaming kind of only. So if you look at their direct-to-consumer offering and things like that. It's very gamer-focused, very much like content, very much focused on supporting that community because they realize we've had so much affinity in this space for a while. Let's like actually lean in a little bit more and, and kind of give them what they're looking for. And I think that that's kind of in terms of like big brands is, is unique. A lot of them aren't coming in there like that. They have to have like a shit ton of budget and just kind of spend, spend, spend and be the title sponsors on this, that or whatever and try to get in there uh, because they don't really have something they could pull from their their internal team or whatever and say like, yeah, we have an internal gaming team and we have this, that or whatever. And, all, you know, you just don't see that in those big brands just because it's such a small speck on their radar. Uh, is, you know, unfortunately, that's the case still, um, even though it's big, it's still not as big as, you know, if they're doing college sports or if they're doing, you know, with these types of things where they have so much more. Um, I guess, connection or just have the ability to pull so much more money out of those uh, partnerships. But 
I don't know. It's one of those things where this year has been interesting to see how many people have jumped into the space. Um, and their last year was a lot. This year was way more than we saw last year. Yeah. I mean, it's going to keep growing too, right? Like, especially the more and more brands become part of the space and the more and more different. I mean, it'll be interesting to me, like when we go back to say, I mean, it's, it's typically a beverage of something, but like you have, you have these blue light blocking glasses that are obviously going to be a bigger thing too, is if you're gaming for six to eight hours a day, like what can you do for eye health? What, uh, I mean, what other accessories can you sell to gamers to help improve their gameplay? And, um, you know, is there going to be, you know, clothing lines and stuff, right? Like come out, these clothing lines are designed for gamers. And they have little electrodes in it, which is, you know, quote unquote, improves blood flow, which helps whatever, right? Like I remember just think about baseball, for instance. I don't know if you are, if you play baseball, yeah. but they're like the necklaces, right? Like the, yeah. the ion charge necklaces or whatever that are 30, 40 bucks at like a Dick's Sporting Goods. I don't think they do anything at all. They look cool and you have to have one if you're a ball player. But like now who's going to sit there and say, let's, let's, let's come up with a study in which promotes this product that we're trying to get to gamers saying like, yep, it's going to increase your kill rate by 4%. Plus it looks cool. I mean, there, there's so many different, it's, it's been largely for the longest time. It's been games, consoles, games, consoles, you know, now like in-app purchases, things of that nature. But now we have more like supplements. We're going to have like the the official clothing line of this. We're going to have, I I don't know. I mean, there's going to be a lot that comes into this market, but I think again, to be authentic about it is is where you're going to reap the biggest reward, reap the biggest benefit. But I mean, Josh, what about you? Like, what would you, what do you think is missing from the game market? Or what do you think that you could create tomorrow in which you could maybe, I mean, I know you're not familiar with gaming, so you're going to be missing the authentic piece of it, but is there, do you think, do you think a clothing line and apparel line for gamers could do well? I, I don't know exactly around those types of things. I think a lot of the, I guess, opportunity right now is to think about existing brands within that, within that virtual world or like that gaming world. And there's this, um, kind of term bleeding edge term right now called, um, G commerce, which is like gaming commerce where a lot of like there is, um, brands, I think if I remember correctly, if it's, if it was Gucci or something like that, instead of doing their normal, um, uh, yearly or, or quarterly, um, event where they were, um, you know, walking the, uh, I'm like totally fashion. Show. I'm like my words here. Cause this is not my, my word. Like the, you know, when you have the fashion show and you're doing that whole thing. Like they couldn't do it this year, obviously because of whatever, and they could have live streamed it and did it, whatever, but they decided to do it even as a, as a gaming event where like literally people could go into these, um, events and be that like, um, Roblox or like, um, Fortnite or whatever, where literally you, you have this game going on or this world going on kind of what they call the metaverse. And you can, literally have your brand being represented in that world over being represented in like the physical world. And I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities for brands to like reinvent themselves within that new world. And I know that's not like a physical good, but I think that thinking about how do you attach yourself, not necessarily looking at it as how do I sell somebody something, but how do I get eyeballs on our brand in that when they're kind of paying attention to it's kind of thinking about it of like, now Facebook or Instagram or whatever, you, you buy ads or you do um, organic things or whatever to try to get eyeballs attention. But if a lot of the attention now is shifting to somewhere else, you have to think about how do you do that? And it's not as easy as it was like just putting out an, an ad or whatever, at least today, you have to kind of create experiences or, or create things inside of those apps. And I think that that might be something like brands in our space, probably not going to look at at all. That's, that's something so far off, but I think a lot of like larger 
industries or larger brands are going to be looking at that and saying, how do I actually get a part of this? How do I become more authentic to this world? And that might be the, the difference between somebody looking at your brand or not, because in their traditional ways, if it's print ads or billboards or whatever it is that you normally did, somebody has no idea who you are. Right. Um, but that might be, you know, the, the difference. So I think there's things like that. And, and overall, I think there's tons of just ways to like, Remarket or or kind of communicate things in a way that that community would really like. There's a company called Control uh, CTRL. Um, I think it's catered. What's that? It's catered to real life. I think is the is the acronym. But mm. like they have a meal replacement um, for gamers. Um, it's a little bit different. They're owned in part by a gaming organization. The guys that are started it were were ex professional gamers. So like you're seeing people start to think about this as like, okay, energy is one thing, but like, what else do we need? What else are these things that maybe work out well? So I think there's going to be a ton of maybe this year, hopefully people are going to look past just the energy, um, you know, pre-workout ish type product and move past that and go into something else in the physical product world. Like you said about clothing and stuff. I, I don't know anything about that stuff. That sounds gimmicky to me, but mm. Hey, people love gimmicks. True. Uh, I mean, obviously, we're uh, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be cool, and then it's like what are different forms of game gaming? How do you what's the word I'm looking for? Um, gamification, right? Like, yeah, what other forms of game gamification are gonna come out? Because I think we've talked about it in the past, but like one of the best forms of gamification in terms of the fitness world was the Pokemon game that came out that got people up. And I'm surprised that we haven't seen, especially during the pandemic, that we didn't see something like a Pokemon, yeah. like, or, or was it was it Pokemon, right? Where you Pokemon Go, yeah. Yeah, Pokemon Go. Like, how come during this whole thing we didn't see a new iteration of that game come out? It's beyond me because people need to get outside, right, um, or and do stuff. And it was the, this was the great opportunity to do so. And I thought, like, hey, you know, gyms are closed. That's one thing. But let's um, let's get people up off their ass and do something again um, for their health. And we just didn't see it. So, you know, there is opportunity there is that the more and more of these people take to mobile gaming. Again, out of the 2.7 billion people gaming, um, you know, a lot of them are or maybe that's 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 the mobile gaming market. I can't remember what the number is, but like that's a lot of people that you could yeah. you could literally create a game. I mean, again, and, and charge little for it um, and, and do very very well so i mean josh maybe that's what we need to do maybe we need to stop doing this this silly podcast and create a new pokemon go except for we'll have them like they gotta get out there and they gotta catch little josh shawls or something i don't know but we we could be we could be rich before we know it <laughs> yeah i don't i don't i don't know what kind of um technical chops we need to to acquire but if anybody's listening to this and you know how to do that hey hit us up maybe we can make uh, that game a reality Love it. I would love it. So uh, what year, then, does gaming and eSports officially debut at the Olympic Games? Hmm. Now we've got to figure out like, when the Olympic Games are going to happen again, though, because of COVID. I know. I was going to say that right now we already pushed it back a year, so what do they do? I mean, um, I honestly think it's probably going to be attached to something that maybe is even – these last couple ones and why I thought it was going to be a little bit earlier is because they were in Asian markets. So hmm. I thought that might have been a, one that worked out well. But – I think we're probably going to have to look past um, that into the 30s. So if that's, what's that, 32 or 36 or whatever, I think that would probably be where you're going to look at that. Because there is a process. I think you have to get, like, approved. you got to go through it. Like, so it's not necessarily that they can just, like, snap their fingers and, and get it going. But I know that they've talked about it in several of the last, like, couple of meetings. They've talked about that as one of the potential things. So it's not like I just picked this out of it. I mean, a couple of years ago when I was talking about this, probably wasn't 
normal, but now it seems like people are, are starting to think about it a little bit more. And, and it just seems like if you're going to try to get a global event and you want people from all over the world to be interested in it, you gaming is about as global as you're going to get. Um, it's not a U.S. movement by any stretch of imagination. It's pulled by other countries. So it's one of these things where it'd be the perfect event if it was. I mean, I, I don't think, you know, sometimes, Josh, I think you're crazy. I think this is one thing that you, uh, okay, good. You, you, I mean, but you gotta be crazy. You gotta be a little bit crazy to be successful. Right. So, but no, yeah. I definitely think this is one of the things that, um, could come to fruition sooner rather than later, given, especially this year, if anything, this year showed that like, yep, I think the world, um, there's people out there who are like, yep, we can do this. And, um, and, and, you know, they can do it way better than Josh and I ever could. So I'm going to leave this podcast with uh, asking everybody out there listening to this to send us your ideas on how you'd make money in the gaming market. Then I'm going to steal that idea and give you absolutely zero credit for it. Um, and if you have an issue with it, you can pick up a headset and you can challenge me to Call of Duty and I'll talk shit because that's, I'm ready, I'm ready to do just that. If you like what you heard here, what's that? I was gonna say, time for us to get out of retirement. Time to get out of retirement. If you like what you heard here on the podcast, hit that subscribe button. We're on iTunes, we're on Spotify. You can watch us over on over on YouTube at Two Guys One Shaker Cup on all the major social media platforms, uh, except for TikTok, which again is, is something that Josh and I have discussed many, many times. And uh, we will never be on TikTok because we just don't know enough about it. But hey, it's the thought that counts, right, Josh? Yeah. Any, any? Are you gonna go buy a PS Five now after this episode? Yeah, I, I don't know how many thousands of dollars it's probably going to cost me, but yeah, I think I, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get out of retirement, and I'm going to probably guess by mid 2022, I'm going to be the highest paid esports athlete in the world. On that note. <laughs>